I V M. The Crox Tales by Anand Sivkumar. You guys know we're doing something different this fortnight. We're talking about my book Natasha Mehra Must Die, which is out in stores now. I've introduced you to Natasha Mehra and the dead Natasha Mehras. It's time to meet Appu. Unlike what one sees in the movies with stereotypes of her ilk, Appu didn't have a troubled childhood. Quite the contrary. Her growing up, adolescent and early adult years were picture perfect. Her parents had never put any pressure on her to perform or shine. They were happy instead to let her bloom in whatever direction she chose. So she aced the subjects she enjoyed, barely passed the ones she detested. and she and her dad would sit and crack up about her nonsensical version of history and her crazy rendition of shakespearean sonnets she could sing like an angel swim like a shark but the idea of rigorous practice was anathema to both her and her mom so she turned down pleas by the teachers to show up on the school stage was content applauding others as they finished laps in double the time she could she just sang and swam for the love of it Despite her petite size there was still enough cause for people who passed by to do an about turn and come back for a longer covetous second look she was lean and toned with sharp facial features that while not vogue cover worthy still drew a passerby's gaze add to that her predilection for dressing up in warm reds and oranges and form fitting fabrics and you had a combination that reached out and seized people's attention However, if anyone got carried away with her beauty and attempted to make the leap from looking to touching, having made the cardinal error of confusing her lack of size for limited strength, one solid sock in the groin or nose corrected that misapprehension rather quickly. Unfortunately for the safety of such upstarts, normal attire does not permit showcasing of judo and krav maga black belts. But let's not jump to the conclusion that Appu was one of those people who from childhood itself went around dispensing injury and agony. On the contrary, her profession of choice was healing. Like everything else that had gone before, when she breezed into med school, it was because she thought being a surgeon would be such fun. And that's when life took a twisted turn. True, Paramveer Dahiya had disgusted her from the moment he had put up his hand in the first class and answered perfectly with that air of i am a prodigy and the rest of y'all are scum she had wished he would trip and break his neck every time he flaunted his six pack abs and the piaget altiplano chronograph expecting the entire female population of the college to swoon shrug off their panties and fall into his arms and she would have happily participated in his ritualistic slaughter the day he mocked the five vernies in class for not knowing how to pronounce lasagna but even she had no clue she was going to sever his carotid artery with her scalpel till she felt her fingers and palms sticky with his freshly shed blood it wasn't premeditated her initial plan had just been to get him to the morgue and give him the fright of his life by pretending to be a carved up corpse who would at an opportune moment come to life and peekaboo him In fact she was carrying the scalpel just to add a few drops of her blood for very similitude. By the moment she saw his cocky face with that see even this slut can't wait for me to get into a pants air something in her just clicked into place and she found herself slitting his throat as if it was the most obvious thing in the world to do. As she stared at him thrashing in his death throes blood spurting out like a crimson fountain she suddenly felt a euphoric bliss. 
She knew then that she had found her vocation. This was what she had been born to do. Thus began her career as a murderess for hire. The way she saw it, she loved what she did. So why not do it all the time and make money for it? She did complete her MBBS, but from a slightly changed perspective now, that of understanding all the different ways of ending life as opposed to extending it. And she was bloody good at what she did, albeit a tad experimental. She liked trying out newer and newer ways of sending people to their maker. In fact, that is precisely how she was engaged at this very moment. Her hapless victim was hanging upside down, while Appu, clad in a red plastic raincoat, was using a large saw to cut the former's body in half, starting with the groin all the way to the head. Because the damsel in distress was hanging upside down, her brain continued to receive sufficient blood to keep her alive until Appu's saw finally reached the main blood vessels in the abdomen. If you're wondering why Appu is going around killing all Natasha Mehras, well, you'll have to read the book. Till the last part of this series, Zanan Sivkumaran saying, Cheerio. 